subscribe to the podcast on itunes like and follow us on facebook and instagram at live in the dream 506 but most importantly keep listening and let me know what you think this episode of living the dream is brought to you by amw group amw has the right tools to help you build your music career one step at a time get your song to the audience it deserves with amw's spotify playlist promotion service and work with amw's experts to get your music heard Check out their services by visiting bit.ly slash livingthedream10 and get a special 10% discount to their music promotion services by using coupon code AMW10. My guest today is rock legend, guitarist, singer, and frontman of April Wine, Mr. Miles Goodwin. His new album, Friends of the Blues 2, is out now, and his book, Just Between You and Me, is also available where books are sold. All right, let's get into it. How cool is this? Please give it up for the one and only Miles Goodwin. I got a catfish in my fish tank. All it do is stay I got a catfish in my fish tank. All it do is stay I do believe he wants out of there There's a barn cat on my back porch Who wants to come inside I got a barn cat on my back porch But he wants to come inside Take my seahorse for a ride I got a samurai in my fish tank Yeah, and he's looking for a fight I have a samurai in my fish tank Yeah, he's looking for a fight Good. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. Busy. Busy. Yeah. The last time we tried this, you were caught in the middle of a blizzard. Oh my God. That was, that was something. I, I, I finished a meeting at three thirty, three 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That's right. I called you from the hotel. I, yeah. I didn't get home till quarter to 10 that night. Good Lord. What a, what a day that must've been. It, it was abs- absolutely brutal. And for some time it was, it was kind of, uh, kind of scary, but anyway, the life of a diabetic always, always be prepared. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, if you're stranded, you're fucked. You know. Yeah, pretty much. 
Um, yeah, you pretty much are. So you said you're busy. What's a, what's a day in the life of Miles Goodwin look like right now? Uh, well, it's different all the time right now. Today I've got a, I've got, I'm doing Christmas daddy show tomorrow here in Halifax and I've always performed a song. And, uh, uh, so I have a rehearsal uh, uh, this morning for, for that. Yes. And sir. that's, that's, that, uh, that's, that's the main thing today. And then the daddy show tomorrow here. And like I say, here in Halifax, CTV. Oh, nice. So your new album, friends of the blues. Can you tell us a little bit about that starting out? Well, it's the, it's the new one's called Friends of the Blues 2. Right. Yeah, Friends of the Blues came out last year. This is uh, 12 months later. This is Friends of the Blues 2. Uh, and it's a continuation of the same idea and premises as Friends of the Blues 1. I write and sing the songs. I play on them, uh, obviously, and uh, but I invite all kinds of blues players to, to join me. So uh, I want to keep it as blues as possible. In no way is this a pop or rock record. It's a blues record. Uh, so, you know... Um, yeah, so that's it. Got fourteen songs. Thirteen are original. The first one had twelve songs, I think, uh, or thirteen songs, and all but one uh, were original songs as well. Right. So you you mentioned that this is a blues and not a rock and roll album. So you've played rock and roll your whole life, and now that you have this blues project, I heard in one of your interviews that you said you started playing the blues after you realized your own mortality. Now, how well, how exactly mm-hmm. did that happen? Well, it's it's not exactly like that, but it's close. Uh, uh, you know, I, first of all, April One is a rock band, not a rock and roll band. I know it's a fun line, right? But I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm not used to hearing April One for it as a rock and roll band.
But anyway, uh, the uh, the uh, no, no. I mean, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been doodling with the blues for decades, and and you know, I started, I got turned on to blues in 1968. I mean, I heard blues before that for sure, but in, in a big way, in terms of uh, appreciation for the blues songwriting aspect, which is really my main focus on all of these projects, was uh, Taj Mahal record natural blues in 1968 but anyway no i had, I had a near-death experience in 07 it was it wasn't very nice and uh when i came out of that i had just had a wish list of things to do i wanted to write some books and record some uh different projects uh one of them was the blues project i wrote the two books uh, my memoir just between you and me i wrote a book of fiction called um uh, Elvis and Tiger. Uh, I recorded uh, Friends of the Blues, uh, uh, Friends of the Blues, which was the first record, and and other things. And uh, I cut back in the April one schedule because I was, you know, I've been tethered to that band forever, and so I just put a cap on thirty shows a year, so I have had room for other things, and which enabled me to write the books and to do these other records. So it worked out great. Yeah. So you mentioned you had a near-death experience. Is that something you... Well, it was internal bleeding. I wasn't aware of it. Yeah, I was on the, I on the way to the airport actually to get an award somewhere, and I we had the driver pull over, and, I, and, I, and I, was, I felt sick, and then I passed out and woke up in a hospital. It was three hospitals that day and months of rehab from internal bleeding. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, it's all in my book, Just Between You and Me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's all there. <laughs> yes. Perfect. So when you started um, with April Wine, you were 21. What were you doing up until then like were you singing and playing as a like a teenager yeah i played in high school bands and then i played in the cover band in 19 uh 1968 uh, called eastgate sanctuary uh down at cape breton and then i became part of april in 69 so you were in a cover band what kind of what kind of music were you guys covering back then uh, just uh, whatever was on the hip parade yeah did you have a job before that? Like, were you working? Uh, not too many jobs. No, I, I, I worked briefly, at a, you know, just here and there. But I, I, all, I, I never, re- it's been music all of my life. I worked for a little time at Burke's Jewelers. I worked at a clothing store for a little bit, uh, clearing land for a bit. But, but none of that lasted very long. And, and uh, you know, when I went for school, maybe a year of kicking around doing those kinds of things. And the next year I was in a band. So it all happened pretty fast for you then, eh? It did, yeah, it did. Then with April Wine, I was no not no longer interested in cover songs. It was all I had to be all original, and so that's what I've done all of my, you know, most of my adult life at this point. Yeah. When you went mm-hmm. to school, what what did you take in school? Well, after high school, I took uh, mechanical engineering and design. I wanted to join the Air Force, and uh, uh, and I studied uh, for a year and a half, and I went to the recruiting office here in Halifax to. Uh, get my name in and I, and I couldn't, they told me two things. Uh, one that I had a heart murmur and that was an issue, but even more important, uh, to me was the fact that uh, they told me that 90, 90% or 95% of all of the kind of work that I wanted to do was done by civilians. And I wanted a uniform and I wanted to be in the air force and travel. And I had no interest in sitting in an office on lower water street in Montreal, uh, Halifax for the rest of my life. Um, you know, so, uh, so working for the air force, as a, uh, you know, so I, anyway, you know, I just walked away from that and, and I joined a band and I've never looked back. Really? Is that yep. still a, a kind of a passion for you at all or? No, not at all. Uniform? No, no, completely. Oh yeah. yeah. No, the only reason I was even slightly interested is because I had a cousin that was in the air force and he dragged around a fender, uh, sunburst fender Stratocaster. And this is back in the sixties. And he had a little Fender amplifier, so he would come to visit, and I was just smitten by the Fender guitar and the amplifier, and 
the fact that he was in um, in uniform, and I found that the Air Force was the most glamorous of the uh, of the armed forces. That now it's all one, but back then it was Air Force and Navy and Army, and the Air Force seemed to be the one that I, I kind of leaned towards because it seemed to be a cleaner kind of lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> rolling around in the mud or something. You know? <laughs> cleaner than uh, cleaner than being a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure being a rock star can get dirty at times, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Any, uh, having played nope. through, no? <laughs> <laughs> no. Going to cut me off right there? Yeah, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> For sure. No, Rock and roll is a good lifestyle. You just have to be careful. You don't just succumb to all of the... Uh, all of the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the traps that are out there. Like, you know, we all talk, think of Jimmy, Jim Morrison and Janice and Jimi Hendrix and, and of course, Cobain and all this long, long list. Elvis is a long, long list of people that just burn them. So you have to be careful with that. But otherwise, it's very, it's very good. You know, music, all, any kind of music, you know, pop, rock, jazz, funk, you know, I mean, any music is, uh, is a nice way to make a living if you have a passion for it. Yeah, for sure. I think you've played through five decades maybe like has have you noticed yeah, so I 50 years 50 years for april wine and i played before april wine a bit yeah. so so yeah, a, long, a long time lustrous career have you noticed the atmosphere or like the feeling of playing music throughout the years like has there been a noticeable change you know what i mean like in the evolution of the music scene like with crowds and like technology and the business side of things like has it do you just kind of roll with the punches as you go yeah, you do. I mean, for April Wine, it's the same demographics, more or less. I mean, you know, we, we look out over a sea of faces, you know, and, and you see every, you see about five, you know, three or four demographics. You have very young people um, that uh, they know all the lyrics and sing along and they're up front with all this energy. And then you've got uh, people all the way up until people my age and even if some of them are a bit older than me. So it's, you know, it's a big demographic for April Wine being around for so long and being so radio friendly. So, you know, it's the same. It's it's kind of the same thing. April Wine is, and the material is is you know is April Wine material. So it's 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 the same old, same old. In terms of all of the other peripheral music that's going on and things that come and go and flavors of the month, I have no interest in the heaven for many, 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 many years uh, until I, you know until I try to get into the blues thing. And now I just do it because I just love it. It's a, I have a passion and I'm good, I seem to be pretty good at it. Uh, and um, so that's what I do. I focus on that, and I focus on April Wine's performances, live performances, which, as I said, is is, is about thirty a year throughout North America. And, um, yeah, and other projects on the side that keep me more than busy. <laughs> yeah. Keeps me happy. What other projects do you have on the go? Oh, I have another book in the works. And, you know, I have a trio uh, called Just Between You and Me Live, which is uh, songs of mine. Most of them are written by April Wine, performed by me and two other people. Jim Henman, original member of April Wine, and a fellow named Bruce Dixon on bass and vocals. And so we do shows, um, you know, it's conversation and music. It's one of those up close, personal kind of things. And, uh, you know, we're starting, uh, we were, we're the, our first shows in the new, my first shows in the new year are with that group. We got three, three, we got a month and uh, a week in uh, Florida, a week in Texas, down in Texas, week up in Arizona, you know, just to get away from the winter and stuff like that. And then April, when we'll, we'll, we'll and the blues band will start working in the spring. Awesome. You're in the blues now. Like, is there any other genre that you'd like to tackle? Yeah, there's a, those are a couple of other things. I'm looking at, um, uh, 
Well, I want I, I want to do some kind of a, of a Christmas album before I'm done. It's always been on my wish list, and uh, so I don't know uh, what the style of it. it might be a bluesy Christmas thing. It might be something else. I haven't figured it out, but I'd like to do one before I hang up my guitar. And uh, um, you know, I I think that's and I also want to do a, a kind of a, a an adult. Um, kind of um, not folk, but certainly more of an acoustic album about the doc- uh, topics that would be uh, pertinent for someone my age and what I've experienced. So there's a couple of things on the back, uh, you know, that, that I hope to get around to in the next year or so. Well, I have a few fan questions I'd like to get through. I'll jump to them now so that we can get you out of here. You can still shred the guitar and sing as good as ever. How do you stay fresh and healthy? Well, at first, in terms of, of, of being uh, able to sing, I, I think it's probably in my uh, somewhere in my um, DNA. Uh, I mean, I know I, I I know that it is. I mean, I used to smoke cigarettes, and I smoked cigarettes for many, many, many years. I was more more or less a pack a day, and I gave it up in '07 when when I had that that scare and. Uh, and when I was checked out completely and thoroughly, I was told there was, you know, there was nothing in the lungs or anything else uh, to worry about. And I was, just, you know, I couldn't believe it. And I said, how is that possible? <laughs> and the secondhand smoke that was around in those days. And he said, uh, well, genetics. Yeah. And like- uh, he says, you're, you're fine. And he said, are you going to start smoking again? And I said, never. And I never <laughs> have. And I don't miss one one little bit. So I'm lucky that, you know, my voice is changed, but I can still sing the roller and all the high notes and, you know, and all the songs, I can still do those. Uh, So I'm very blessed.
playing. I, you know, I, I'm a rock player. I'm not a shredder. Never could shred. Never wanted to shred. Will never want to shred. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm a rock player, and uh, and I'm, I'm I'm good. You know, there's guys that are great. I'm good. You know. Yeah, for sure. We had a lot of questions about like your favorite rock and roll story of all time, like a story from the road. Is there any stories at all that you'd like to share with us? Well, um, I think that, um, you know, I mean, probably again, it's in my, in my book with a memoir just between you and me, which everybody should have this Christmas is, um, is uh, the Rolling Stones working at the Elma combo in Toronto in 1977. I mean, that's a highlight for any band to be able to, uh, you know, to experience their, to be in their immediate presence for a while. And we did two couple of nights up in this little club called the Emma combo. And then we, you know, we went down to, um, to, uh, to the U S did a big, a big major concert down there in Buffalo. That, that, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big highlight on anybody's list. I would think. Yeah. How could you not be just starstruck around the Rolling Stones? Mm-hmm. Were there any bands that you didn't get to play with that you really wanted to play with? Well, yeah, that's a long list for anybody, especially somebody my age. I mean, it, it's 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 a very very long list. I mean, it, it's it, you know, it's it's not even realistic to say I you know I wish I could have played with Elvis. You know, I wish right. I'd played with the Beatles or the Rolling Stones, or wouldn't it be nice to play uh, you know in a band with the Rolling Stones? But uh, <laughs> you know, re, you know, Led Zeppelin. I mean, it goes on and on, and I, and different genres too. I mean, I'd love to you know play guitar for some country artists. Uh, not many. I'm not a big uh, country guy, but I mean, still, when you look at it. There are lots of people that would have been fun to do, but um, you know, there's no, there's no one or two or three in particular. Right. And yeah. There's just been so many great bands. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be cool to jam with Jimmy Page, you know, or something like that? You know what I'm saying? So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any any regrets along the way? Yeah, I have a lot of regrets. I should have given you know more time at at home. I think the family suffered. I'm one of those dads that lived out of a suitcase and you know it isn't just music musicians that do that it's athletes and salesmen and uh, there are all kinds of people that you know, miss all kinds of stuff from not being home and they're just overwhelmed by the responsibility and the and everything that goes by being an entrepreneur if you will and or, or even not an entrepreneur just have the kind of vocation where you're on the road all the time and you know you're not there at the end of every day and for and every morning so i i wish i had delegated my time more properly but you know i was young the world was there we were working so hard and there was so much pressure all you could think about was like focusing and just plowing on and doing the best you can and then next thing you know it's all passed you by yeah. I have a good uh, relationship with my children, but I wish I could turn back the clock and have given them more time growing up. And I believe they understand that. Yeah, that's why sure. I wrote my book. The memoirs, the memoirs, dedicated to my children, uh, because they really needed to know the truth. And the other reason, uh, as I say in the book, is that uh, there were so many rumors and so much urban legend that was false about April Wine and the changes in the history of April Wine. And I never said anything all those years. I let everybody do all the blabbing. Uh, and then I said, well, you know what? After that incident in 07, I said, I think I better put the record straight just so folks out there really know what what, what happened uh, within April Wine over the years. And I had collaborations to prove it so that nobody could say, oh, that's just Miles' version. No, uh, that's the truth. And I made sure I was backed up by uh, by other people just so it, people, people could never say, well, that's just Miles. Uh, Miles' opinion or Miles' view or that's, that's BS. 
so I covered my ass really well with that. And of course, Brian Greenway's been in the band since 1977. He's someone that validated everything that I had to say from that point forward. And there were people before that that contributed. So the book is real. The book is honest and truthful, it's brutal sometimes in its <laughs> honesty, uh, but it, it's what it is. Yeah, for sure. Any advice for Thank musicians you. today? No, same. Well, yeah, the same advice I've given musicians from day one when people actually, you know, ask me the question the very first time, and it's always the same. That's work hard, you know, and work harder than everybody else. Because probably every, you know, there are people out there that are working extremely hard, and 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 their chances of success are far greater than somebody that doesn't. And probably if you say, well, I'm going to work harder than anybody I know, and you do that. Uh, you know, in terms of everybody, you know, you know, what I mean, the other guys in the band, the other guys, in the, the other band down the street, uh, the people you go, if you try your best is all I'm saying, just try to be the best. And, and you know, it counter counter uh, it counters what I said before, in a way it contradicts a little bit the fact that, you know, I wish I'd given more time for my family, but literally uh, because I was writing most everything and, and producing most everything and so forth. I was often writing where other people were on the beach or sleeping or something. And, and for me, I never really cared about those things as much as I did as creating another three or four minutes of a unique music, right? Original music anyway. Yeah. And I'm still the same way. I'm still the same way. I mean, I get up in the morning and what's on my mind is what's the next song. And, um, uh, and it's crazy, but you know, that's the passion that I have. And, and I don't have it for April wines material, that, that, that kind of music anymore. I've, that, I've kicked that can around for years and I'm fine with that and did very well in hall of fame and all the rest of it. My passion is the blues and I'm like 17 years old again. And so that's, that's <laughs> what I live every day, you know, and, and I, I, I like, I like that. Yeah, so I just awesome. say work hard, work, work really, really hard. You can never know enough. And I also suggest for anybody that's a musician is to learn how to do other things. Like, like it's real asset to sing. If you're a guitar player or a drummer or a keyboard player or something else, if you can sing, that'll help you get the gigs too. Cause they're always looking for a singer. <laughs> that's backgrounds and sort of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. Last question. Mike McCarroll wants, wants to know, will April wine be touring in 2020? Well, yeah, April and doesn't never stops touring. I mean, we did a long time ago. Um, we took a hiatus way back in the late eighties, uh, mid to late eighties, and so. But no, we, you know, like I said earlier in this interview, uh, you know, we we tour during the summertime. We do about thirty shows um, uh, throughout North America. We don't really go to Europe. We're invited, but I don't feel like going that far. In this in this world, uh, things are a lot different. There's there's a lot of things to consider when you're traveling traveling internationally these these days in terms of terms of terrorism and 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 everything that's involved in the in the experience of flying and so forth and excuse me customs and all that kind of stuff you know they they pretty much sucked all the joy out of flying there <laughs> was sure. it was a lot it was a, there was a lot of fun and romance and excitement and it was really cool to fly for a long time and i've flown every kind of plane from the concord to private jets to you name it float planes in the bahamas going from island i've flown everything now there's no joy in it, but what I hate, what I hate the fact that I have to uh, go to the airport anymore. And if anything stops me aside from my health, it'll be the travel that I just can't put up with the nonsense anymore and the lines and the delays and the cancellations and blah, blah, blah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? We, all of us, me, you, and everybody has to, we have to deal with that all the time. Even the people that work out of the airlines are stressed out of their little gourds, you know, trying to deal with it all. I know. So yeah, I know it's a pain in the butt, a Royal pain in the butt, but, um, uh, but April Wine still tours, and April Wine continue, will continue to tour. 
um, for as long as, you know, it feels right and it does feel right. And we're already got dates booked uh, into, into 2020 and they will continue. There will be blues shows. There will be uh, acoustic shows just between you and me live. And there will be April wine. No sign of slowing down. That's awesome. Yeah. So the new album, Friends of the Blues 2. There was a time we lived in sin You beat my brow, now my tears taste like gin I hear you lonesome, I hear you sad Who's got it bad? I was the one that walked away You're the one that had the day And now you're lonesome I hear you say Who's got it bad? When you said one of us has to go I didn't scream or shout I said I know Now you're hurting, I hear you saying, who's got it bad? Baby, I'm sorry that things went wrong. Don't you fuss now, I ain't gonna telephone. But I won't tell everybody I know. I ain't glad that you're feeling bad I just want you to be okay You know tomorrow will be a better day And I know you're hurting I know you're sad Yeah, you got it bad I just want you to be okay You know tomorrow, tomorrow will be a better day I know you're hurting, I know you're saying You got it bad And did I read that Friends of the Blues 3 is actually on its way to? Well, I don't know officially. I mean, I don't, I haven't said that. I don't think I've said that to anybody, but it is. <laughs> well, perfect. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I plan on going in the studio probably next week. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And, and of course it's not going to be up for some time. It'll be another year, but uh, you know, there was, tw- it was one year between the first and the second. At my age, at 71 years old, I don't feel like waiting three hours, three years between records. That's good to hear. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah, feel yeah. like waiting that long either. Good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and also your book, Just Between You and Me, can we find that anywhere? 
Well, the thing about that, in my book, Elvis and Tiger, you know, the, the, the thing with that is you have to get them in the proper ways. And fortunately, I've learned in the literary world, there's so many sleazy people there, just like the record business, just like, the, you know, just like every kind of business. And what happened with my, like Elvis and Tiger, for example, um, you know, it came out, you know, I think it was the same week that it, it became available. I went online on Amazon just to, to see it. And, and all these people had it. And and I realized what they were doing is they were buying a copy and they were they just they just you know they just make their own copies so they'll they'll buy one and they'll manufacture twelve and they'll sell them as all perfect condition and they're slightly used and and I'll never see a, a cent from all of that and and I despise those people um, and so uh, what what I you know what I tend to do you, you can get the book through my website and that's a really good great place to go. And you can get April Wines on April Wines website, milesgoodwin dot com, or my website, or or Aprilwine dot ca or dot com, whatever that is. It's there in merch. You can buy. It. You know, the artist is getting uh, a couple of pennies for it. So you know, a couple of bucks, whatever it is, it's going the right way. Otherwise, it's going to some sleaze in a basement somewhere that's just ripping off everybody in sight. And that really is the reality of it. Uh, and a lot of blues guys and a lot of rock guys and all my buddies that you know and I know, and we've been all around. We're the same kind of genre and stuff, you know, we're, we're, we sell a lot of merchandise on the road. So, you know, so that's really where it's at. If somebody wanted to get Elvis and Tiger or just between you and me, you either go to the, you know, you go to the websites, which I think is excellent. In the case of um, my memoir, it, that's, that was published by um, um, uh, Harper Collins which is a very large international company that you can be bought from them. But, you know, you, know, you can get it on, on, on Amazon.com, but you have to kind of read between the lines and make sure it's, it's the right one if you care at all about the authors, not, not just my book, but anybody's book, because we're all being ripped out because that's life, isn't it? That's the way people are. People in, uh, overall aren't very nice. And, uh, you know, uh, how many of us get these calls from foreign countries in the middle of the night, in the middle of the early in the morning, late at night, trying to, you know, trying to, you know, manipulate to get into our accounts and into our business. Uh, that all that fraudulent side of people, you know, it's, it's just everywhere. It'll be here for always. So and, and pick them up the live shows. Like I say, it, try and keep it, try to keep it honest for the for the for the for the poor people that are trying to make a living by doing this. Or why would we bother to do it? You know what I mean? You make a record in the streaming. There's no money in streaming. There's no money in that. You got to you know that you know those wonderful days are gone uh, in terms of. Um, big sales, you know, where everybody was, everybody was happy. The, the, the consumer was happy. They got the new Led Zeppelin album and wow, or whatever it might be. And, 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 um, you know, and, uh, and, and the groups were happy because they were getting paid for all the money they put into making this available in the first place, not yeah. to mention their time. So I know I'm going a little long in the tooth about this, but this is really something that has affected every kind of, uh, business, uh, out there really and so um, just be careful hopefully you'll buy it from the right source Yeah, absolutely. or you can order at a bookstore that's a great way to do it too go to your local bookstore you know go to Kohl's or go to somebody that's really reputable in your area go in there and say I want the Miles Goodwin thing it's probably there in bio and biographies if it isn't there we'll order it they will give you a proper copy all of my, all of the books that I have on my website, and, and they're just coming onto my website because we just redesigned it, and it's available now. Uh, they're all autographed, 
So oh, I autograph nice. every single book. So, you know. Well, there's the incentive to buy it from your website. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I hope people buy it and, uh, and uh, enjoy it. I hope they enjoy it if they do buy it. For buy sure. Them, so, I should say. Yeah. yeah. Just between you and me, Elvis and Tiger, Friends of the Blues too, Miles, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me and uh, have a Merry Christmas, you and your listeners. And a happy new year. Awesome. Thank you so much. Live in the dream.